what's going on, Men's Health Unscripted? Patrick and Cam here for another exciting episode. We have Jamie Rockmore Best joining us. Um, she is the editor in chief of Healthy Living Magazine. So thanks for coming on. Uh, we're excited about talking about a little bit of mental health. I think lately with COVID and the kind of state of the world, I think mental health is going to be something that's very important. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I actually even appreciate this platform with men's health. I think it's important. So thank you all for having me here. And it's a good way to start the year just talking about health. For sure. Oh, yeah. Start with you were talking about something that's not looked at too much and maybe give everybody a good foot to this year, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the Healthy Living Magazine uh, what got you started in that? And uh, what kind of um, maybe audience base are you trying to reach? Um, anything important about Healthy Living Magazine that, that some of our listeners might need to know about? Sure. So I started the magazine. It became an idea in 2018. Um, and we create, we launched our first issue in February of 2019. So our next issue that we have coming up will be our two-year anniversary. Um, issue number five, it'll be, um, it'll be launching in February 2021. Um, but I started the magazine because prior to I was working at a mental health facility and um, I always had a love for writing. That was just my thing. And I realized, you know, my downtime, I always would write especially like when I'm stressed out and things of that nature, I would just write. I, I always loved writing. However, um, I started working at a mental hospital and I got promoted to a position um, called a discharge coordinator. So um, my goal, or not my goal, excuse me, my job was to provide um, patients as they were leaving a hospital outpatient, you know, treatment. So psychiatrists, therapists, um, partial hospitalization programs, anything that would cater to their mental health once they left the hospital. And oftentimes, you know, it would be like a little rebuttal. People would not want to go. People would just say, oh, I'll go and then end up back in the hospital. So I realized there was, there was just something missing between clients and clinicians. So I wanted to create the magazine to give people information. Um, so then that way, when they are in a hospital, they have some type of knowledge of what mental health is. So um, that's what sparked the magazine. And, and now, we're, now we're here. So I'm really excited about it. Um, I think it's, it's a tool that everyone could use in a home, not just, um, not just people who are going through mental health, but their family members, you know, um, employees, just anybody um, it could benefit from it. So. I think it's, it'll be really beneficial. And as far as my reader base, um, again, it's just kind of for anyone because if you're not dealing with mental health, you more likely know somebody who is, so. Right, so we definitely say that about men's health is, mm -hmm. hey, you're not a man, maybe you don't care about men's health, but in all likelihood, someone you love is a guy. I mean, a lot of people have that father, brother, uncle, cousin, uh, friend, uh, exactly. friend, um, kind of relationship with a guy. I mean, a lot, most people do, I would say, I'm not going to say all, 
but you know, in all likelihood, somebody, somebody is there that you love and they're a guy. And so that's kind of a very similar platform to what we're doing is, you know, reaching out to the ladies, reaching out to even kids sometimes like, Hey, get your dad in the, in the doctor and get checked out. Uh, anything that we can get to just improve the state of, of men's health overall. Yes, I totally agree. And, and, and then, you know, also it, that even stems with mental health because it's like, if our minds isn't clear, our minds is like the engine. If we're not, you know, good mentally, you know, how could we be that dad? How could we be that brother? How could we support, you know, others if we're not, you know, supporting ourselves or taking care of ourselves. So um, I, I think it's, I think it's really important, especially for men, because, you know, there's this, this stigma that they don't go to the doctors, you know, or, you know, Which that they, true. they, um, <laughs> yeah, they go ahead and like push it off and say, I'll get it later, or I feel better or things like that. So um, it is important. It is important. So I, um, I, I've definitely seen a lot of guys, you know, a lot of people coming, um, as far as in the hospital and just kind of taking a step back and just kind of like, no, I'm good. I'm good. You know, so it's, it's important that there's platforms, that there's resources, that there's advocates for people, you know, to talk about. So then that way it will make men feel a little bit more comfortable. So would you say in your time in the mental hospital that when you had um, men coming in, do you, would you say that they were more resistant, less resistant, or equally as resistant to maybe treatment or um, working through some kind of mental disorder uh, as compared to female uh, counterparts? I would say it would be case by case. Um, it all depends on how that person came in. Sometimes people come in um, involuntary, so they already felt like they already have the attitude that they ain't supposed to be there anyway, you know, that, you know, someone else committed them. Um, those, you know, it, it becomes quite difficult. However, um, there are, there are people that that'll be a little open, um, to answer your question. I felt like women, you know, are a little more, um, open into listening and, and it could just be the nature of talking and sitting down and expressing feelings. Um, so yeah, I've seen that uh, mostly. Um, but one of the nice things that I liked about working in the hospital is the setting, the groups that you know um, they had to participate in, and a lot of the times the physical activity, so playing basketball and you know just just walking and just kind of doing things physically. It seemed like the men would open up more just because they were like doing something, you know. So. I think that kind of helped break the ice a little because, you know, I mean, you're a guy, usually when people are doing stuff, playing basketball or whatever, they're kind of talking and, you know, there's some type of dialogue there. So it seemed like that would be a good wedge for men to open. And then it's like kind of once they kind of really recognize and sit and say, you know what, I think I could benefit from this information. Then you start to see the openness and they might not open up to everybody, but there might be one or two people um, on the unit that they would work, that they would open up to. So it would be nice to see the transition 
you know, from them being so closed off and, and resistant and then just as close to discharge, you would see them kind of opening up. So that was, that was pretty cool. Oh yeah. I think the comfort zone thing is a really big, a big issue. A lot of males face with this thing. Um, the way I like to look at it, the way I like to try to like, you know, we're, we're through our academics right now. We're getting our professional careers. Um, me and Patrick ourselves are. And so we see patients, we interact with people all the time. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, there's a big disconnect between like these conditions, these concerns, and then, um, you know, the professionals that help get people past this. Yeah. Um, and the comfort zone thing plays a big part, you know, the stigma exists. Guys, we don't want to talk to doctors. We don't want to go seek help and things like that. But we also don't really understand signs, signals, and things like that happens. So usually it's when you're with your, you know, your group of your friends, you're playing basketball, playing cards, whatever, you know, you want to do, you kind of feel a little more comfortable, a little more willing to open up a little bit and talk about stuff. Uh, it's definitely a slower process, but so like media outlets like what you have with the magazine, with your own professional experience, and then, you know, what we're trying to do with the podcast, I think are just great outlets to kind of reach out and just get the information out, allow, allow people to digest a little bit, and then mm-hmm. see where they're going to go from that. Because for myself, I don't like, you know, I don't like doing the whole group therapy session, things like that. That's not really for everybody. Um, so I like to look at it logically. I see certain things like, oh, this might be a, something of concern. And then I'm lucky in the situation where I have, you know, my fellow students, Patrick, you know, friends I can talk to about it, things like that, and we're able to go from there. Um, so with your own thing, do you see your your outlet, your magazine growing out to other other things, podcasts, newsletters, things like that? I do. I, I, I see it more um, as a speaking tool for me. Um, because a lot of the articles we even have, I also make sure I incorporate, you know, topics based on men, um, especially when mental health. Um, I always get excited when I can get a male uh, therapist to write an article because um, just from a men's perspective, it's just always good to, you know, to hear from. Um, So yeah, and I always try to make sure that there's topics for men to read. Well, I mean, there's a lot of topics that men can read, but I kind of try to, you know, focus on certain topics um, because it'll at least open up that conversation, you know? And, and that's one thing, you know, a person might not like going to groups, but if they read the magazine, that might, that might spark something, you know? Um, I have a, a, a guy that I interviewed, he's going to be in our next issue um, to, to um, a couple of people I interviewed uh, that were males, but um, the one in particular, he's going to be the next issue. Um, his um, platform is called Men to Heal. And he has like a t-shirt and he also has um, um, a book. And it's just kind of a way that you can kind of like journal and read and stuff like that. And it's like, which I think is pretty cool because for people who don't like to be out in the open, you know, they can just kind of read and, you know, get information like that. And then um, also there's a, uh, um, another uh, organization I, um, I interviewed and, and their whole thing is uh, they have, they're, they're like advocates. And what they do is they teach their barbers. So there's different barbers in different cities and they teach them um, to become advocates. And there's like classes and stuff because typically when you go to the barbershop, that's who you kind of vent to, you know, cause you see them like every week or um, every other week or however often you guys go to the barber. But then um, they just kind of open up and talk. And I thought that was also a good 
avenue, you know, as far as mental health, because you kind of end up trusting your, the person you see a lot, like your friends, your barber, your family members and stuff like that. But, you know, my goal really for the magazine is to, to not just have the magazine, but to, I would love to do like a workshop, a conference, you know, those things, um, because my goal is for Helpful Living Magazine to be across the U.S., you know, even global. But, you know, I just think like for the United States, it's important that, you know, we talk about it. And so I would love to do like just something nationally. So my goal, my ultimate goal would be um, to speak. Um, also, my goal was to be in hospitals and clinics and schools and churches, just in common areas where people would pick up a magazine um, because we we want people to be as much as knowledge as they can you know because if it comes down to the point where they need to see a therapist or they have to go inpatient they won't be so resistant they'll be open to you know to help so right my goal is for this magazine to be in places i may never step foot in so We've, um, we've found, I, th I think Cam would agree, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but we found that a lot of, you know, people that we would deal with kind of in the pharmacy practice um, are, are at times very standoffish or resistance, like when it comes to their meds or anything like that. And um, that was kind of the outlet to this podcast is gives you an, and very much so like with your magazine it's a private way to maybe you're driving in the car by yourself listen to the podcast there might be something on there for you there might be something on there for someone you know and I think a magazine offers that very much so private opportunity to sit through and if you're not ready to I don't want to use the word admit but if you're not really ready to kind of come out and, and acknowledge that there might be something wrong. Mm -hmm. You have a private safe place that you can listen to a podcast, read a magazine, do something that might, just like you said, spark the interest of where can I find help? And I kind of said all that to transition. I was digging through your website the other day and I know, or uh, the other day and a little bit today to review. Um, you have a ton of providers, a lot of therapist, behavioral help on your website. Um, and I thought, I was like, wow, this is really awesome. This is a huge database for every, almost every state, I think. Mm -hmm. So it was like the driving force behind that. How did you make those connections? Um, are there just, are those people that you know and, and you're ready to promote? Um, and, or how did you um, compile that list? Sure. So I um, went on Facebook and I uh, went on a, um, It's like professional mental health professional group um and i believe what i did that's what i did was i posed a question um because everyone likes to be listed right everyone likes to get themselves out there and i knew that i wanted the magazine to be resourceful and i also wanted the website to be resourceful because um i just wanted it to be a hub I wanted people to read articles. I wanted people to just get something out of it once they, you know, click the X button or, you know, once they, you know, go and search something else. So 
that was the driving forces. I really wanted people to have something, um, you know, so that they can leave with and once they go off the website. So I posted a question on Facebook and just asked people, you know, would you like to be listed? And so I just, and I did that, I want to say in the summertime. Um, and I just kept getting, you know, so I have a database now. And some of the people, they were in the, they were in the magazine. Um, and it just was growing. And so now I'm transitioning that into the magazine. Um, so our next issue will be the first issue that will have our external, well, not external, but our um, mental health resources in the back of our magazine. Because again, I'm like, I want people to have this as a resource. You know, it's like the articles, you know, it's something that you can always use, something you can always read. And I'm, I'm just an advocate with, for promoting people. You know, I just feel like people, you know, you do such a hard, you do such, you go through so much to get your degree, to get your practice, to open it, you know, and it's like, all right, well, marketing is a big thing. So it's like, I try my best. Um, and it's just a great networking tool. Um, and I think it goes in hand in hand, you know, it's like, all right, I got a mental health magazine. Oh, well, I am kind of looking for a therapist or, you know, want to refer someone. Oh, here it goes. And I also have, um, the insurances like um, websites too for people, you know, on there. So if they have uh, United Healthcare, they, it'll take them to the site where they can find something in their area or Blue Cross Blue Shield. So I try to I try to do that um, just because I know what it's like to try to find something and that door is always shut. So I just, you know, because that's what I was doing um, when I was working at the hospital and it's frustrating and I did it as a job. So I can imagine if you're in the middle of, you know, having, you know, depression or you're stressed or, you know, you're anxious, you're in the middle of trying to find a resource and your the doors are getting shut, it's discouraging. It makes you just say, well, forget it. I don't even want to, you know, go through it. So that's why I, that's why I wanted to um, have some resources in about in the um, in um, on the website. So I'm excited to see how it look in the magazine as well. I just want to say, like, having the resources in the Mac, back of the magazine is a, like, wonderful idea. It's genius. Because um, like yourself, I've had the experience where uh, my last hospital rotation, um, when we were in the, the ICU, we shared a room, or not the ICU, the emergency department, we shared a, like, office space with a social worker. Okay. Um, we had this experience where a doctor came in for a patient looking for certain resources. This particularly was, like, um, like drug rehabilitation. So not exactly online, but still pretty much pretty well online. Anyway, uh, the, the information the social worker had didn't actually have any contact information or any like locations for the rehab center. And it was a local rehab center. So, you know, we're all sitting there trying to Google this, trying to find this location on our phones. Um, and if you could, yeah, just have a real quick printout, even if you like, like perforate the page so you can tear it up, put it to a pen board, something like that. That is just brilliant. That quick access, that, you know, sudden remembrance. Uh, that is on point. Thank you. Definitely commend on that. We're in a world where we want that instant gratification. You know, it's like, all right, I'm going through this room. Here you go. You know, you know, and so my goal is for it to continue to grow. My goal is for the magazine to have three or four pages of resources, you know. Um, but of course, we got to start somewhere. So um, right now, um, I have like a promo going on. So uh, with therapists, um, 
they can get on the back of the magazine for free and it has like their picture and their office information. Um, and a lot of people, of course, are doing telehealth right now and then, you know, insurance, what they take and what they don't, you know, and if they're taking insurance. And then after that, um, they're receiving, but I think it'll be just really beneficial because it, it's, it all just flows well, you know, it just flows from cover to cover. And there's just resources. And then um, also what I'm adding in the next uh, magazine is um, like crossword puzzles, we're doing, I'm doing a journal entry, um, just some things that people can actively do, you know, like in a magazine, you know, so then that way, um, it's just, it's just something they're not just reading, you know, page to page, but there's like, an, you know, something for them to do. Um, I have like um, recipes, I think someone is, someone um, put how to make a sugar scrub, sugar scrub, excuse me, so um, people can do activities with their family. Um, Especially now with us being, well, most of us are like sheltered in place. It's like, you don't really have anything to do. So I try to like uh, mix it up with like exercising and, um, you know, self-care tips and just things like that, because it all, you know, it all helps us mentally. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm excited to, to, uh, to I'm excited watching the growth of the magazine. So it's pretty cool. It sounds like you're making a lot of strides with that. Kind of, kind of turn it a little bit to the men's health world. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think it was, oh man, the men's health universe is going to kill me for this. I don't remember exactly what month it was, but there was a, a week where there was a, a really big push for men's mental health. Mm -hmm. And it kind of came out on a bunch of, uh, post I saw and just things all over the internet where 75% of suicides are committed by men. Mm -hmm. I knew it was high because I had heard that I think one of the top, uh, the top, you know, forms of death for guys age 16 to 35 was suicide for, that was one of our first like really alarming men's health facts. And then we saw that three quarters of all suicides are guys and we're like, this is, you know, this is a week out of the year that people are talking about this. Um, it was just really alarming. And, um, you know, how, uh, how have you seen kind of, have you seen any statistics like that? Like, what do you think about that? Um, maybe shine some light on, on your professional experience in, in any of those cases. Um, it, it's, Working in mental health, you do know that um, you hear a lot about men being more successful with suicide as opposed to women, um, and they are more unlikely to do do it harshly um, as opposed to women. They might take pills or they might cut, where men may, you know, do something like shoot a, you know, a gun or um, jump off a bridge or just something that's really compact. Um, and so I, I've known that, and, it, and, and even now it's getting worse. You know, you figure even with, um, with COVID, um, there's just not a lot of reports being made. Like, even if you think about abuse in the home, men are women, you know, I mean, because men, men get abuse as well. Um, so it just, it just tells me we have just a lot of work to do you know, and, and also creating these platforms to let men know, like, hey, you can express yourself. Hey, it's okay. 
it's okay to have emotion, you know? And so um, I think as a nation, we have just a lot of work to do um, with our men, um, letting them know that they're loved, embracing them, you know, it's really, really important, especially even, you know, it concerns me because it's even like for our black men, you know, and just the things that they, you know, go through. Um, I just think men in general, they have to, when they step outside the house, they just have such a big responsibility with taking care of their home, providing for their families. And you just never know what they're faced with in the world, you know? And so I always try to just remember like when they come home, they just have, let them have peace, you know, give them that space, give them that, you know, time to unwind, whether that's to give them 15 minutes, you know, give them a moment to debrief because you just never know what they faced out there, you know? So um, I would just say with the statistics, statistics, we got a lot of work to do. And I know that um, it's just, it's getting, it's getting worse. Um, a lot of the things that I am seeing is more just like our youth declining. Um, a lot of the youth is declining. It could just be with the less interaction with schools and, you know, just just social, you know, being able to go out and socially. Um, yeah, but I, I am curious to see. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, no, you're fine. I noticed that uh, I, I, we kind of, just Cam and I discussed it the other day, and it was just like, kids don't really go outside and play anymore. Mm -hmm. They don't really interact, like, with each other. It's all kind of like, go to school, get on social media shoot, you know, shoot the breeze or talk shit or whatever on social media. And uh, it's just kind of really created a, a disconnect. And I think that humans are such social creatures and that like hugging, touching kind of um, sensories that we feel are kind of like, maybe we're getting separated from and, and losing that, that real human connection. Yeah, there is, there is something with the hug. Some, that energy that, you know, that just kind of from two people just hugging each other, um, being around family, being around, you know, just like I always say, like with the holidays, there's just that feeling in the air when you walk into that aunt's house or that grandparent's house or your parents' house and everybody's there. There's that set, there's just that urge, that, that loving feeling in the air. And, you know, it, it's just, it's just hard. Um, because we're stepping, we've stepped away from it with social media or with, you know, like our iPhones and just being glued to technology. But it's like COVID kind of. Yeah, COVID stepped things up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm going to be, um, I don't know if I'll be surprised when I see, like, you know, maybe in a year or two when the reports of just COVID mental health data and overall health data comes out. Uh, aside from the actual pandemic, the the residual side effects of the pandemic, I think are going to be really alarming to a lot of people. Yes, because oh, yeah. a lot of people are feeling isolated. A lot of people are, you know, they're just, they're just not feeling connected. Um, people are, you know, getting, getting tired of, of sitting in front of a computer. And there's just, like you mentioned, there's something about that physical touch. Um, so yeah, and I, and I think, the boost of mental health, getting mental health treatment or seeing a therapist or, you know, to, to at some capacity doing self-care, that's kind of gone up because people are, are now aware, like, hey, I need, I, something ain't right here. You know, I'm, I'm, 
I don't want to say the wrong words, but it's just like, I'm not feeling good. I'm not, you know, and especially for people in the house all the time, you know, working from home. So it's like, you know, you may go from the dining room to the living room, you know, and it's just not being able to, to have that outlet. So I would be interested as well. Um, and I'll be interested once the world, I don't want to say go back to normal, but once the world opens up or becomes safe, I can imagine all the gatherings that will be happening. <laughs> well, I'm interested in that too. I'm interested to see how everybody's able to adjust going back to school, going back to work. Uh, obviously, we know it won't be at the same level it was before, uh, you know, different topic, different day kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, mental health services, since there being a lot of more online, a lot more telehealth, video chat kind of situations, I feel like it's more accessible now. Mm -hmm. While not, you know, 100% accessible, it's more accessible. And I, I kind of feel the cases are going to increase as, you know, parents go back to work, um, young people struggle to kind of get back into that live action school, you're away from the screen all day. Because um, they've definitely had, they've increased their screen time, you know, drastically. And you would, mm -hmm. you're going to hope it's all, you know, for the good while we had to do it. But it's definitely going to be detrimental in the future. Um, I'm curious to even life. see how men respond. Because now with telehealth, they're more like you can sit in a corner of your house. You don't got to go step outside. You don't have to go in that office. No one even knows where you're going at this point, you know. So I'm really curious as far as the men are um, is concerned, just to see how much they partake into mental health, you know, as far as seeing, you know, um, a therapist or a psychiatrist, or even to just acknowledge like, hey, I think I need to see someone. So I'm excited about that because, you know, I like mentioned before, it's like men might not want all that exposure, or, you know, want to do all that and, you know, talking groups and, you know, kind of thing. But so I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see. That's a really good point. Because uh, for myself, um, I was I was in the military, so I go to the VA. And, okay. you know, I have like the VA, my health appointments. I, I go once a year. And my last one, of course, was, you know, teledoc. And I don't really like that because I can't really show, um, you know, the doctor things. But then like the mental health stuff, it's a good point where it might actually increase, you know, men's involvement in this because now there's that disconnect so while it, you know it's not like a group or team thing if it's like a one-on-one -on -one session it's not it doesn't have to be as personal but you'll still be able to be personal in a sense you know because mm -hmm. uh, it'd be like you're talking to the tv i guess instead of another person even though we know there's a person on the other side of it um so yeah i agree i think it might increase you know male yeah. access to that right and you're not in a waiting room no one's seeing you you ain't got to talk to nobody it's just you and the, the, the person on the other end. So, you know, and then it's private, you know, no one has, no one has to know. I mean, not that it's a secret, but it could just be something that you work on yourself. And, you know, with mental health being such a big thing um, at the spark of COVID, it's like, even with 2021, you know, some people may say, oh, you know what, this year I want to, I want to do more self-care. I want to get myself together. I want to work on me internally. So we'll see. It's, it's, it's definitely good things. Telehealth um, has, has opened the doors for a lot of people. I mean, because even with, with physically getting there, it's like some people, that would be some people's issues, not being able to get there, not having the time, you know, in between work and not being able to take off. I mean, I think that was a lot of the barriers, right? And 
now you can just say, oh, I'm just taking a break for, you know, 30 minutes or whatever, or an hour and, and meet with, meet with the provider. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see kind of how the, hopefully, I would, I, I want to hope for the positive upswing of 2021 yeah. um, from 2020 and see that maybe people that were taking things for granted before have a new sense of gratitude, um, you know, have maybe had some good time to do some self-reflection. Mm -hmm. uh, those kind of things that really uh, you see are kind of like the non-pharmacological solutions to depression and, and mental health problems um, is like, it, I've always heard journal, write down three things you're grateful for every day. Mm -hmm. uh, experience the writing three things grateful that like three things that you're grateful for down every day when you're in a, a bout of depression really helps because it makes you focus on, man, I do have a lot of good things in my life and maybe I don't have everything I want, but I have so much and I'm, you know, very grateful for them. So it's, uh, let's see what happens. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the conversation. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for spending the time and um, hopefully we'll catch up soon. And uh, we'll check out the magazine. If you need anybody to write anything, maybe when we're uh, at a class, we can fire out some cool men's health. Yes. Yes. Think we're on the same level here, thinking the same thing. All <laughs> right. People in the magazine, though, how do, uh, how do people access the magazine? Is this like a print copy? Is it electronically only? There's both, digital and print. Um, they can go to helpfullivingmag.com. Um, right now, our digital is free, so you can download our issues one through four. And then print, um, there's also a soft cover tab that people can go to and it'll guide them to it. Or they can just reach out to me directly at info at healthfullivingmag.com and I can get the copy sent to them. Awesome, that's, that's great. Awesome. All right, well, thanks for coming on. Have a good night. You too, take care. Thank you.